Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. You know, he's trying to control her through his behavior, and the behavior list is long as well. But they just, it's hard to say to yourself, my husband loves me, and, and to put that side by side with he's abusing me, so they'll kind of minimize, or maybe it is my fault. Oh, he just had a bad day. It really takes a long time for the for their mind to really grasp the fact that it is abuse, and maybe their husband doesn't really love them. Diane Schnickels is the director and founder of Living Waters of Hope, an organization that works with women who have been or are currently victims of domestic abuse. More stories of hope and healing today on life support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. And all we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, I'm so glad you've joined us on Life Support. And what we do on this podcast is we talk about how Jesus enters into trauma, how lives can change. And we talk about topics that maybe others don't like talking about, but that are important, and how we as a faith community can react to those who are suffering. And my very special guest during our time together is Diane Schnickels. She is the founder and executive director of Living Waters of Hope Ministries. And uh, Diane, thanks so much for being here. It's great to have you. Well, it's an honor to be here, Paul, truly. Thank you so much. So tell me a little bit about the ministry first. Um, what kinds of things do you deal with? Um, how did it come to be? Hmm. You know, my story is that 15 years ago, my daughter, who was a young adult at that time, unknowingly entered into a relationship with a man who became very abusive. And so when I found that out, out, of course, as a mom, I was concerned, um, and it it went south very quickly. Um, she was in it for several years, but she was living in fear um, and confusion. She was afraid to stay because he was abusive in every way, including physically. She was afraid to leave because he was threatened to kill himself. So she felt very trapped, as many women really do feel in these relationships. But that began a journey for me to learn more about domestic abuse. So I would know how to help her. Um, I felt like her boyfriend was ahead of me, 10 miles ahead of me at all times. I thought, I've got to figure out this game they play, to, you know, this manipulation and kind of game of deception. So and soon after that, a very good friend of mine left her husband. So I was walking with, you know, my daughter and my very good friend learning firsthand up front and close and personal kind of what the dynamics are, what they were dealing with, the, the um, tactics of the men. But I also began learning. I, I began taking classes in domestic abuse. And the one thing that really, really shocked me was that one in four Christian women are impacted by domestic abuse. I was just, again, shocked. I thought, why aren't we talking about this in our churches? Why? Where do these women go for help? I mean, there's not yeah. even teaching how to how to avoid these things. So that really riveted me to think, my goodness, there are a lot of women who are suffering. And um, I 
Also, the second kind of realization that shocked me was that there aren't many faith-based resources. Again, I'm thinking, where do, where do women go? There just wasn't enough out there because Christian women, I mean, you want to get a faith-based uh, resource. You want to know what God is saying about these things. So those two kind of um, kind of aha moments for me uh, they began to pull my heart and I began volunteering for, for another ministry. And long story short, God just called me to start writing a Bible study. Because in that Bible study, there are questions so women can, uh, and we do a lot of, we have our online classes. So women, you know, can be in a community together. They're verbally processing, which is, you know, working with trauma, that is a great way for healing to happen. They're with other women on the same journey. Now, some gals do, they'll do the classes on their own, or we have women teaching classes in their areas around the country. Um, but that that was just a journey. It was just out of my own pain as a mom and a friend, seeing women and realizing there's just not much out there. You know, when God, when I felt God calling me, I did like the Moses thing, like you you surely can't be asking me, right? And the Gideon, okay, well, I want confirmation after confirmation. And I, I had two gals within a week of each other. This was now 10 years ago. Um who came and said, are there any classes that you're doing? And I, I just couldn't say no. I just couldn't say no. It's like, you see a need, you know, God's given you the skills. I've written Bible studies and taught off and on for a lot of years. And I, I just said yes to God. And it's been, this month is 10 years since I first wow. began writing the Oasis Bible study. Well, good for you. Now you got my attention and I'm sure you got a lot of people's attention when you said one in four Christian women, which means that when I walk into church on Sunday morning, there are, if not dozens and dozens of women, more than that possibly, that are affected by this. And what I hear so often from women that are affected is people just say, why don't you leave? So... What is causing these women to stay in these relationships, even though they are so harmful? And you mentioned some of the manipulation that's going on. Is it fear? Is it codependency or all of the above? You know, there are so many reasons. Um, they're really, I mean, the list is long. Uh, women, they want their marriage to work. They want to be that godly wife. They want to please the Lord. They want to please their husbands. Um, they love their husbands and they believe their husbands love them, even though their husbands can say that, but then there's the abuse going on. And that causes a great deal of confusion. And that's kind of called the cycle of abuse, where they have these wonderful moments with their husbands, but then you still, that irritation comes up, that you're walking on eggshells and suddenly you have that explosive event, or maybe it's a silent treatment for several days. But the point is, um, you know, he's trying to kill her through his behavior and there's the behavior list is long as well. But they just, it's hard to say to yourself, my husband loves me. And, and to put that side by side with he's abusing me. So they'll kind of minimize, or maybe it is my fault. Oh, he just had a bad day. It really takes a long time for the for their mind to really grasp the fact that it is abuse. 
And maybe their husband doesn't really love them as they thought. And that's a devastating place for a woman to be. But you have kids to consider. There's finances. Can they, if they leave, can they support themselves? Do they have a place to live? Um, you know, so often their church is telling them to stay. Or their friends are saying, well, just forgive them. Like it's, you know, like, again, it's normal marriage conflict, but it is, they're un, they're feeling unsafe and afraid in their own homes. Uh, maybe they, this sounds crazy, but maybe if they leave, they'd have to leave the pet and they're afraid the pet might get harmed. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's medical issues. <clears throat> and yes, there is that. Uh, sometimes there's a trauma bond where they're, they, there's this irrational attachment to someone who's abusing you, but but because of the good times, you just kind of hold on to that. Yes, there can be codependency. Sometimes women have grown up in a, in a home that was unhealthy, mm-hmm. and those red flags just aren't going off. And, you know, men in these relationships, they make a woman feel so poorly about themselves that they begin, the women begin to feel, well, I guess I deserve this. He mm-hmm. tells me no one else is going to want me. You know, I'm just damaged goods. And they, they're they full of so much shame and embarrassment. It's just hard to even talk about it. There yeah. are a lot of reasons why women stay. It takes a lot of courage to leave. Yeah. Um, and, and so we're far beyond just a one-time, you know, scuffle here. We're we're into long-term manipulation and, and women being um, treated like that. So when they go to their, when they finally speak up, and uh, we were talking before we started recording about a lot of times they'll go to their church, someone in their church, pastor, leader, friend. What kind of messages do they get from these people? Is it normally helpful or normally unhelpful? <laughs> well, first, they statistically will go to their pastor. More That's the top person because they need they're looking for someone in authority to not only give them counsel and clarity, but also to help keep their husbands accountable because they're not, the husbands are not, not, not listening to them. More often than not, and I'm very sad to say, but women are getting very harmful advice, like stay, pray, and submit. Uh, well, just forgive him. Like it's some magic wand that's going to to solve his sin problem. Um, you know, what are you doing to make him angry? Charlie, I can't imagine Charlie behaving the way you're telling me. Like they're just not even believed sometimes. So they they often are not validated. They're not affirmed. There's uh, all the burden is put on them to keep the marriage going. Yeah. Now uh, a pastor who understands domestic abuse, he'll say, "I am so sorry for what you're going through. Um, I'm concerned for your safety." How can we help you? You know, do you know there are resources in the area? Would you, can I give some to you? I mean, those that refer women to us, they'll say, you know, why don't you call Diane? She'd love to talk to you. She has some classes that might be helpful. You know, where they're, um, we, we have what we call a care model where they show compassion, right? See, A, they're assessing, is it is it normal marriage conflict or is it abuse? And many churches who put in policies in place they just say, we're going to believe the woman until there's a reason not to, because she's coming forward really with a lot of fear and trepidation. More with Pastor Paul and Diane in just a moment. The name of this program is Life Support, featuring trauma-based stories of hope and healing. 
For information about Life Support Resources for you or your church, log on to lifesupportresources.org. Small group curriculums, sermon starters for pastors, one-on-one support videos, and webinars from mental health professionals are all featured. It's offered at no cost, and it's available at lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. Um, and R, do you know the resources? And then E, just keep encouraging her because it's a marathon. It's not, well, it counts for a couple of sessions and it's fine. Or it, it's, it takes several years um, uh, to really try to work out the issues. And most men are not willing to get the help they need. It just drags everything out because, of course, a woman is hoping about hoping upon hope that he's going to actually change one day and be the husband that God has called him to be that Ephesians 525 husband where God's commands love your wives as God as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that's a servant leader model when domestic abuse is in place and a man has controlling tendencies that woman is serving him. He is the king of that house, and he wants her to know that very clearly. Yeah, and that's certainly not a biblical stance, a biblical way to read scripture. And what really bothers me, Diane, and there's been a lot of talk about this uh, because of events that have happened in churches around the country, um, you know, and people immediately jump to either, you know, well, the complementarians all do this. Or, you know, um, the egalitarians aren't following scripture or whatever. It's not, I, I don't think it's about that at all. It's about, mm-hmm. it's about individuals that are either following Christ or not. And listen, I, I, I know there are guys out there that um, don't want to be like that and probably also feel like they don't know how to stop or get help. But that's a crime. You you know, you, it's a crime against the, your partner and spouse. It's a crime, period. It's assault. It's it's terrible. And I'm just shocked at sometimes that churches just look the other way. And I think sometimes, here's the dirty little secret, I think, is because it's just too messy to deal with this. And our church is going to, you know, be outed. And, and this guy that's such a, a leader in our church it's going to make us all look bad. So let's try to cover this up. Let's try to fix this. Let's, you know, don't bother me anymore. And that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. The women are really suffering silently. They are afraid to come forward. Um, again, I said they're they're leaving their churches when they don't get that support from their pastors. And some women are just leaving their faith altogether. They get so disillusioned and so they feel so betrayed by their husbands. And when they go to their pastor and they're not believed or supported, um, they they feel very betrayed by that pastor. And that pastor represents like, you know, kind of God's authority in a sense. Yeah. Some just say, I'm done with Christianity. And that's sad. That's well, that's that's very, very sad. Now, let me ask you this question. If uh a young woman is is beginning to date, okay, mm-hmm. and and maybe has a man in her life that you know she's thinking, well, you know, this could be, this could be the one. Are there any early signs 
that she can be looking for that this may not be what she thinks it is. Yes, absolutely. Um, is he calling her all the time? And we can say as a woman, oh, he just loves me so much, but he really could be just, you know, wanting to know where she is, who she's with, what she's doing, right? Is he jealous? Can she talk to um, maybe an, another guy at school or a, a friend and that, that her boyfriend doesn't fall apart? Um, does, is he separating her from her friend saying, oh, honey, you know, let's just be us tonight where he is separating her from her friends and family? Um, is he always on her phone, like wanting to know who she's, you know, who she's texting and, and who she's talking to? It's that jealousy component. Um, is she able to share an opinion that's different from his and it be received? Um, and sometimes, you know, these you get bits and pieces of this. And often after marriage, it like comes fully into bloom. But there are signs you can look for. Um, are you allowed to be your authentic self with him? Is he wanting you to dress a certain way? Um, all those kinds of things where you're, it, it can feel like love. That's the tricky thing. But it's really control. Yeah, I, that's that can be terribly confusing, I'm sure. And, you know, we're all taught as Christians that we, we want to think the best. You know, we want to follow Jesus and Jesus, you know, saw the best in people. And so it almost feels like a betrayal of our faith when you think, well, this actually could be happening. I know as a pastor, when things pop up in the church, you, you're always thinking, well, that person, that person is, that's not like that person. Or to even entertain the thought that that particular person might not even be a believer, which statistically they very well might not be, you feel terrible. You feel like you've just, you know, like you should resign. You, you know, how can you be like this? And I'm sure these women feel that, you know, tenfold about mm -hmm. their boyfriends and husbands. Right. Well, two things. It is hard to imagine someone that that presents well at church or, or outside of his home. It's hard to imagine truly that he is really someone very different behind his closed doors. But you have to understand Controlling men have two personalities. They have one personality at home that's very controlling and manipulative, deceitful, and another one that's this because they're very concerned about the reputation. The other one is this wonderful person that people just love, and, and he could be a, a charismatic personality. I mean, people think well of him, and that so that works against a woman when she comes forward because really people would say to themselves, I can't imagine, Charlie. Acting that way, she must just be having a hard time. And of course, Charlie, if you ask Charlie, he's saying he'll play the victim card. Well, she's always been depressed. Well, she has good reason to be. <laughs> you know, yeah. she's just so hard to live with, you know, or she's so critical. And, and so he kind of turns the tables and disparages her. So then again, people think, well, you've got to believe Charlie. I mean, Charlie's a great guy. She must just be having a hard time. And and, but I do have one to say at this point, sometimes men are the ones who are abused too. I never want to say it's just all women because it is men. And on that note, one in four, one in four women who have, who have been in a relationship are currently in or are currently in one. But you're right. When you say you walk into your church, they're all around us. They're at the potlucks. They're in our Bible studies. 
Um, you know, and sometimes they're they're on the ministry team. Um, and the uh, your other point was so well taken, Paul, where we are brought up, especially you know, as women, kind, you know, compassionate. But I I say those are all good things and values certainly as a Christian, but when there is unhealthy behavior towards you, there needs to be healthy boundaries. We kind of compassion is great to a point. Once you cross that line, you're enabling abusive and, and unhealthy behavior towards you. That is never what God has ever intended us to put up with. That's right. So living waters of hope, what kind of things do you offer to help women who are in this situation? Well, the Oasis Bible study, I told you that I began reading 10 years ago. We now are about to publish our third book, Oasis Bible Study, book three. So that takes women, uh, we, we have online classes. So we start mid-October because October, well, we, this year we're starting mid-October. October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So we are, our fall is full of events and trainings and classes starting. So we go from October through May in those three books, 27 lessons take a woman on a on a journey to get to a healthier place where she can believe in herself again and understand how God designed her so uniquely and beautifully. We're like picking women up from the floor, mm -hmm. truly, and helping them to believe in themselves again because they come in pretty... Uh, crushed and very low self-esteem because that is that is how oppression works right fear um deception and um just that pushing someone down that shame blaming that shaming um and so we have multiple classes we are all online so we have women around the country calling us again because there are not many uh, resources available for women who are really wanting to know what god says uh, so we have wonderful facilitators. Uh, they can just get online, livingwatersofhope.org, sign up for a class. We're starting, you know, again, mid-October. And we love our girls. We love our gals. We are very personal. We offer round support, which is very unusual for domestic abuse ministry. Uh, in the summer, we meet every other week. And we use someone else's material, some, a video series. Because women, I mean, for some women, we are their only support. They can't wait to come once a week to know that they have a safe place to speak and share and learn and grow together. So abuse is year round. We just we just want to be able to offer year on health for women. And there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. And you know what? God, because God is the God of hope. Our very first lesson of our very first book is the hope we have in Christ. And it's not always going to be this hard. And education is such a big part of it because women, they come in very confused. The church uh, teaches confusing messages. It's often um, a pastor will teach to an audience where he thinks everyone is healthy, um, but they're not. So there are verses like, well, love bears all things. Well, does that mean I'm as an abused woman, I should stay in my marriage and bear up under this? Well, no, because God has a lot to say about oppression and what leadership looks like. And uh, you look at the example of Jesus, where he was reaching out time and time again to marginalized women, lifting them up out of their pain and shame.
Yeah, and the Bible itself is um, is a document that really is pro-woman, and especially for uh, considering the culture that much of the Bible was written in, which was patriarchal mm -hmm. culture, it was really um, the first time that God was saying, listen, these these women deserve rights. They're, you can't treat them like that. And you go all the way back to the divorce laws in the Old Testament mm -hmm. in the Mosaic law, and you can see how God is starting to open the door, like you've got to change how you treat women. It's not It's not okay. So I think we all need to take this to heart, Diane, because we all live in community and we all care about each other. And if we just ignore this, we're not serving our lambs very well. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate very true. It. I, I I so give me that website address one more time. Livingwatersofhope.org. All right. So Diane, I really want to uh, thank you for being here. You've shed light on a very difficult topic, but a very important one. We're going to have you back, and I've got some questions about um, how pastors can help this situation, because I know we have pastors that listen, and, and uh, you know, pastors aren't very bright. We, we, we It takes us a while, so we'll talk about that next time, but thanks a lot for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you, Steve. Paul. All right. Um, so here's, here's what I want to share with you. Um, Psalm 2224. If you're listening right now and you're feeling like you might be trapped, you're feeling maybe that you are one of these women or you're a guy that's in an abusive relationship, here's Psalm 22:24. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. It's really an important verse because that means that when you cry out to God, he is going to listen to you. You're not alone. Uh, you, you are not in a place where God doesn't care. He does care. And so you can take those first steps and know that you have the, the most powerful person in the universe on your side. Thanks for listening to this Life Support Podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.